Welcome to episode number 56 of Talking Mopars and part two of my Direct Connections episode with my friends Johnny Mopar and Mike Coffey. If you didn't hear part one, go back to episode number 55 and then come back here because this is the part of the interview that picks up where we left off. So without further ado, if you are a Mopar enthusiast, then you are in the right place. Don't go anywhere. You're tuned into the best Mopar enthusiast driven podcast on planet Earth. And I'm your host, Chris Albrecht, better known as the Mopar Hunter. And this is Talking Mopar's Direct Connections. You're listening to Talking Mopars with the Mopar Hunter, your direct connection to all things Mopar. So driving out to his place and he lives a ways out there and I'm like, man, it's like there's traffic going out there and I'm just tripping out on like, there's like two or three trucks behind me and one of them, the license plate said something about Mopar on it in the personalized plate. And I'm, uh, He's got a trailer. You're racing like, to get I'm to like, the place. Fuck. And I pull up. And it, it's seriously, I mean, it was just, he had the cars laid out and I mean, and I brought cash with me and everything. Cause I was like, I, I want to try and work a deal on one of these things. And it was, you know, that's when I think the day before that was when hot rod is shot you know, all the cars out at, at Randy's place. And, uh, yeah, I just, I went out and I took a bunch of pictures and I talked to Randy a little bit about him and looked over the cars and, um, just kind of checked them all out. And I was still, I was really, really hot on the charger 500. Um, and it wasn't until probably a few weeks later, I went out to his place and cause I told him we'd check all the numbers and he wanted, I don't know if you've seen his YouTube videos where he goes and, uh, it's under archaeology. He'll go and he'll, uh, you know, basically kind of do a breakdown of the cars. And we went through them. And, uh, the first car we cleaned yeah. out was the 70 Coronet and it was just full of rat shit. I mean, it was just disgusting. And as I was cleaning it out, the more I looked at it, the more I was like, dude, this car is just, it's just so badass." I'm like, it's, I've never been a green guy, but it, you know, slime green, the Ram charger, the, the pistol grip, uh, you know, I was in my head, I'm thinking this is, if I could do anything I wanted to my 68 charger, it would be put a 440 in it, which I did. I wanted to put a pistol grip in it, even though it wasn't correct. I wanted to put a Dana 60 and I'm like, man, this Cornet has everything I want to do to the charger. Plus it's numbers matching. Plus it's just, you know, it's just cool. It's the white stripes, white top, the white interior. It's got an eight track. It's got the premium sound with the speakers on the dash it's it was a, a buddy seat car so it's a non-console with the pistol grip which makes the pistol grip just stand out that much more i mean just everything about it you know all the cars started lining up and i was like and that night as i was leaving randy's place he he goes man there's just something about that car that just says fuck you and i'm like man that, i'm like you nailed it i'm like that that more than anything is kind of my personality so i was like this thing is it's perfect you know sure. and we kind of started talking and worked out a price where it worked for myself and for the widow and um yeah it just it kind of happened from there and then i think probably a couple days later was when i messaged him and said hey man i think my focus is off of the uh off of the charger 500 more so on the coronet and like i say it just it just fit a lot more. So, and like I say, one of my best friends in high school had a 70 Coronet. So I've always liked 70 Coronets. 
Um, I had a, I had a 70 Cornet convertible at one point. I had a 70 Super B that was yellow with black C stripes. Um, so I've had a few 70 Cornets and the, the Super B I sold because it was a 383 auto and it was just the most gutless pig I'd ever driven in my life. So in my head, I was like, <laughs> I was like, how could you ever get bored with a 446 pack and a four speed? You know, it's just, it's such a good combo for me because yeah. You I mean, and then it's, it's a 410 Dana car. It's a super track pack car. I mean, it's, it's just fully, fully loaded. I mean, it it's to me, it's all the best options, all the, you know, about the only yeah, is it a white? Is it a white top car? Right. And that I've seen, but so far Shit. that I've seen, it's the only one. Um, which makes me think. I don't know if you've seen the picture I posted on my Instagram of. Uh, it was from uh, one of the major auto shows in Detroit in 1970. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'm pretty sure I've had a lot of people say that they really believe it is as well, um, because. They only made in 70 Cornet RTs, period. I think they only made just over 100 in FJ5. So, right off the bat, just the color is pretty rare. And then 70 would have been the first year for, you know, aside from the liftoff cars, would have been the first year for the six pack, first year for the, uh, the pistol grip. And then, being that they marketed, you know, the 70 Cornet RT was kind of more of like the refined family man type hot rod, the buddy makes total sense in it as well yeah. and then not only that but without the console the shifter just stands out like it's you know you look in there and you see that shifter is like yeah. it has presence and then just being yeah. as loaded as it is i yeah. mean it it really kind of makes sense that you know the only thing, I, I would think it's gotta so. be one of um the uh the only thing the von yeah. number on it they did have on the fender tag they would have they had a special code for promotional cars and it does not have that. So that makes me think, well, True. maybe, maybe not. Really? But at the same point, I mean, even the, uh, the rally wheels that were on it were, um, they were dated late 71 and the car was built early 69. Really? Uh, or sorry, it was built August of 69, August or September. Um, anyways, 69, uh, that car show was, uh, February of 70. And in the picture of the car show, it has Krager SS's on it. And the wheels that came off of it were late 71 wheels, which would make sense that if they used it as a show car, when it put some new rally wheels on it to sell it, you know, it, it to me, the story just all kind of fits that there's a good chance it could be. I mean, and on top of it, there's only 97 six pack cars. So, you know, it's so far it's been only yeah, no green kidding. with white, you know, with all yeah. white that I've seen. So if there's only 97 70 rt coronet six pack cars only 97 and then you extrapolate all the options it has to be either one of one or i would say yeah. one of few <laughs> they just god they oh that's a perfect I, I, setup for that car too oh, i've, white I've on, seen a white on green. one other one um like but that. it didn't have the ram charger hood um that's been the other green with white on really? red on white that I've seen so far. Um, it had the you know the standard toilet bowl looking hood. I forget what you call them. Johnny probably yeah. knows. Yeah. <laughs> the bulge hood. Uh, I think it's go. just called a bulge hood, I think. Yeah. 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 I love those hoods, man. I've always loved those cars. I've Mike knows this. The 
the Super B has always been my unicorn. I think you know that too, Chris, but yeah. I've never owned a 70 Super B. I've always wanted one. And I've always known about the RTs and how rare they are. It's like, I think all RTs in 70, they only made like 2,300 of these cars, period. And then, you know, because you think, like like you said, there's 97, 446-pack four-speed cars, right? Which is a stupid, rare number. But you kind of hear those low numbers with other cars like challengers with all these special options or whatever right but like the whole when you go to to challengers there's like a shitload of challengers oh, right yeah. Oh, yeah. But when you get to the rt it's like god it's such a tiny number of cars all of them like 440s six packs hemis like all of those you only have 2300 to begin with and then it just like super narrows down when you get to the six pack and the four speed. Yeah, I think like, oh, like, yeah. damn. Man. How many of those 97 were wrapped around a pole, <laughs> you know, in the 80s and the right? 70s? Yeah, that's right. Man, Mike, I, I hope that you keep that car. That's a cool one, man. That, if there's one to keep, if there's one to keep. I've, I've pretty much said so far, I, mean? I think about the only way I would probably get rid of it is if I could upgrade, which to me, the only upgrade that, from that car would probably be a Hemi four speed. Um, and it would have to be the, really the right car. I yeah. mean, I, I have a handful that, you know, I, I really, really, really like 70, 71 Kudas. Um, my unicorn is a 69 Super B. Um, 69 Super B with a liftoff hood would be, uh, that would be a tough one if I had that, that opportunity, you know, especially if it was a four speed. Um, yeah. That was actually. Somebody's going to hear this and Someone be calling. An right right it's funny because the first Mopar <laughs> that I can remember ever seeing that I, you know, recognized as a Mopar was a 69 Super B. And I was probably 14 riding my bike. And I just thought that car was, it was black with a white tail stripe, black interior. Um, somebody had put a pistol grip in it, had center lines on it, you know, fatties in the back and skinnies up front. It was just, it was just such a mean looking car. And for some reason, 69 Super B is like one of the few cars that I could say I've, I've never owned one. So, um, that, that's kind of on my list. Yeah. That seems I know. like an impossible statement coming from you. <laughs> that, uh, that Coronet is the type of car, and I'm just going to throw a number out there. I could see somebody, like say somebody else had it. I could see them posting it on the internet, Craigslist or wherever, Facebook Marketplace, and asking 50 or 60 grand for it. Now, you know as well as I do that everybody would shit on that price because yeah. they're broke and they don't they're not even in the ballpark no matter what the scenario is. I mean, I'm I'm the first one to admit when I'm not in the ballpark, but I'm also the first one to go, You're an idiot. The, that car is worth every, you know, um, because we see it all the time. I mean, you've sold enough cars. I've seen you get into arguments with people about the cars. It's funny Mike's every time. Man, yeah, man. I, mean, I love it. It's funny. I love sometimes it. I'm like, it is hilarious. Sometimes I'm like, man, screw that. I'm talking shit to this guy because it's just some people, it's just like, man, are you that freaking dumb? Are you that stuck in the 90s with your traction yeah. bars and your 509 yeah. can or your purple shafts? And, you know, it's yeah. like, yeah, and just people don't realize yeah. that. You know, especially a car like this. And I think Johnny said it before, too. If you're not from California and you haven't seen what a legit car looks like to start with, I mean, this this car is, I mean, yeah. it, seriously, it, oh, it's amazing. The floorboards, Solid, right? the, the green on the floorboards is in yeah. perfect condition. I mean, it, it might have a 
you know, and it, it's the kind of car, if I was selling something like this, I'd say a very minor rust and people would think, Oh God, okay. It's all rusted out. And it's like, no, it has a spot that my pinky might fit through <laughs> in the trunk. And it has a couple little yeah. spots that were under the window trim on the rear that I didn't even see until I took the window trim out, you know, and it's, it's being fixed. I mean, it's that solid of a car and that's, you know, a lot of our cars out here, they're that good. The 68 charger I sold the white on white car, it, it had a little bit by the back window, but they all do. You know, the trunk floor was good. The floorboards were good. As far as the 68 Charger goes, to me, it doesn't get a whole lot better than that. You know, you just, to me, when you're stepping into Chargers, you know you're going to deal with a little bit of rust. And, yeah, people don't, I guess people just don't understand the value in a car that is good to start with instead of starting with some rusted out shit box that needs every single a and d panel ever made and you know oh but it's only 10 grand you know plus 10 grand in metal plus more labor than you <laughs> yeah. could ever put into it and you know i'm i'm just the type of guy when i see something i i never think of okay how if i buy that car for x amount of dollars how much is it worth tomorrow i'm the type of guy that looks at that coronet and I go to, and I think to myself, okay, if I keep that car for 20 years, if I give Mike 60, we'll just say 60 grand, I give you $60,000, 98% of the people that would hear about that transaction would go, he got ripped off. That thing is a pile of shit. He's going to be in that car 80 grand before it's even close to being done. You know, and, I, and I'm sitting here thinking in 30 years, do you know how much this car is going to be? No, worth? I, I look at them as investments, you know, and unless you're a hardcore flipper and you know exactly what you're doing and you can cut costs by doing a lot of the work yourself, <laughs> you know, and who's the amount of people that actually have the time and resources for that kind of work is pretty few Still, and far between, especially yeah. when you're talking about Facebook yeah. people, <laughs> the Facebook mechanics. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's why I get a kick out of these guys that are valuing these cars. I mean, we all know how many chargers are out there, not very many, and they're getting few and far between as you know, time progresses. And, I look at some of them and I'm like, okay, this guy's trying to squeeze every dime out of that car. And everybody says the guy's crazy for asking 25 grand for a 318 charger. Now, most people, you know, myself included, is like, yeah, that's a lot of money for a 318 car. It probably will never be worth, obviously, what a, you know, legit RT car would be worth. But you have to understand in that market, and this would be me talking to these people, is that in that market, there are people with such deep pockets, they just want a charger. And they're going to throw a hundred grand at it and make something unbelievable. They're going to throw, you know, a Hellcat engine in or something. They're just going to throw money at the car. So, you know, the car's already out of uh, other people's market anyway. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know I, what honestly, they get upset I think for. Most people, if they knew what I paid for the Cornet, would say the same. I mean, and I didn't pay anywhere near 60 for it, but I, you know, most people would say you paid how, I mean, I know my wife did. <laughs> You're going to pay how much for that car. And it, it wasn't cheap by any means. I mean, it, it took me giving up some pretty good cars to get, you know, to make it happen. I have a, I have a, I don't know how much you paid for it. I have a pretty good idea what you paid for it. But what I was saying is if somebody had that car up and they said, I'll, I'll sell it for, if you said, I'll sell it for $60,000, I wouldn't say yeah. you're crazy. I would say, I know why you say that because you know what that car will be worth in the long run. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I just think the 97, 97, and you're, you're not even and, extrapolating and down the options. That, that is numbers matching, you know, does, I mean, it's uh, Johnny, Johnny yeah. has to see it. And, you know, even, 
the little details of the battery cable. It has the original negative battery cable on Well, both battery cables are original still. It has the original yeah. overspray wow. on the bases of the carburetors. I mean, it's everything is there. I mean, somebody put head, well, he probably put headers on it. Um, and it's got Mickey Thompson valve covers and a Mallory distributor. But aside from that, it's, it's completely stock. I mean, it's, everything is all original, you know, all the, God. all the parts that are specific to a six pack, you know, I, the, I think they, Johnny was telling me they call it the Hemi booster, you know, it's got the brake booster with the brake lines that come out on the opposite side on the master cylinder. And, you know, every one of those little parts has the original voltage regulator on it. You know, I, I, I want to say it shows, I think wow. somewhere around about 40,000 miles. And honestly, I kind of believe that that was probably the real mileage on it just because he had numerous vehicles, you know, so it was never like his everyday car. It was just one of his cars. He had a bunch and he'd rotate them and drive one here and there. So how complete was the car? Everything is there. Um, everything interior, there. everything's was, there. There was a, a one shit. of the bucket seat hinge covers <laughs> was missing. And I found that in a box of parts. Um, yeah, so far I haven't found, you know, like I say, aside from the few parts that were switched, it has all the original exhaust on it. They just spliced in the headers, has the original mufflers on it. Um, it's got air shocks with shock extenders on it. Um, and then the, the rally wheels that were on the car initially ended up going with the Hemi Challenger. So that's kind of a bummer that I didn't get those, but... Um, okay. but no, it, it's, I mean, every piece of trims there, um, I don't think anything was missing on it. And then I, I bought a few parts extra. I bought a new yeah, old stock wow. tail panel from them. Um, that, that it's an amazing piece by itself. Oh, cool. Um, there's extra hood scoops cause the hood scoops are so weathered that the fiberglass is coming through on them. Um, you know, it, it's, it's sat in Tucson, Arizona yeah. outside for, you know, a long time, but, uh, I, I got the license plates. That was a cool thing. I'm hoping I can get those reassigned. The car. Yes. Six pack. God, that <laughs> I saw that. And I, that's oh, what yeah. a door guy. No, I'm like, God, oh, that's cool. And she even <laughs> the widow, her name's Ann. She, uh, super nice, nice lady. Um, she even gave me, um, at one point, Mark, he had to fight to, keep that license plate because you know six pack they made it like it was alcohol related or beer related and he wrote out this letter with an explanation and he because at one point the plates fell off of it or like a you know drop it dropped out of the system in arizona um so when he re-registered it he wanted to get those plates and they weren't going to let him do it so he fought for him and he got them again so the front plate on it has a six and then wow. a space and pack. And then the back one's just six pack all together. And they're both, one's the early plate, one's the other. But I have all the registration oh. records of it all the way back to 74. It's had that light plate on it. So it's pretty wow. cool that he had that. I, I, I'd like to say too, you know, you know, when we're talking about the price or the value of this particular car, it's like not only is this a rare car to begin with, not only does it have all, most of its original parts, it's like this story behind the car. I mean, who has a story of a car that you could take yeah. back to 1972? You know, most cars like you, you see today, if you were to buy a car, yeah, there might have been 20, 30, 40 people that have owned that car <laughs> from day one to now. Yeah. And I mean, it sounds like you're the 
if you count Randy, you're yeah, the well, fourth owner of the car, you know. And I don't even think he counts because you kind of bought it to from the widow, so you're really kind of like the third owner of this car. That's like an impossible, an impossible odds to to be able to buy a car like this and have yeah, so I'd much history with third that owner, car. Because Randy know? really just he he basically he handled the estate, so he's kind of just brokered the deal more than anything. Um, but yeah, when I went out yeah. and when I bought the parts um, from the estate, I drove out to Tucson, met Ann. <laughs> and uh she uh I, you know of course i was just dying to ask him you know first thing i told her was thank you for selling it to me because you know to me i was just like this is a car that a normal everyday guy like myself would never have the opportunity to own you know so i was just super thankful that she gave me the chance to own right. it um and then you know i was just dying to ask you know do you have any pictures do you have the broadcast sheets missing and Mark was. I was going to ask about that. Yeah, it's got a Fender Tech. Um, Fender Tech on Mark, it. Mark was such nice. an enthusiast nice. and kind of a hoarder that I would say I, I'm confident that the broadcast sheet will show up because it was missing out of this car and it was missing out of the Hemi Challenger. Um, so I'm pretty confident there's probably a file somewhere where it's you know hopefully it'll. Show up. He was a Mopar guy and he knew they, that those existed exactly. and he wanted to keep them in good shape. Let's yeah. hope. Let's hope. God, that would be awesome. At one point when they needed money, <laughs> so cool. somebody randomly knocked on the door because the Challenger, the Hemi Challenger, it sat in the driveway of just kind of a normal house and a Hemi four-speed Challenger sitting in the driveway and, you know, people would knock on the door and somebody offered him a hundred grand for it at one point, I guess like in the nineties and he told him no. And he ended up keeping it. So, I mean, he, wow. he loved these cars. He was dedicated to them and, um yeah i mean he was definitely you know they they meant something to him so it wasn't like he was you know bought him and neglected him you know these were his babies they just you know he had moved on he did he was real big into politics and that kind of stuff and um you know i think he just basically kind of they were like i said the collection was more than he could handle but uh but anyways when i met Anne, she uh I asked her about the car. I said, you know, so did you guys drive it a lot? And she said, well, that was always my favorite. She said, that was actually the car that we drove off in my wedding on. And then she went in the house and she pulled out, you know, the photo album and had pictures of her and Mark in the back seat after they were married and pictures of the car driving away with the pull top cans behind it and just married on the back window. And you can see the six pack license plate. And, wow. you know, like I said, me being kind of like a... <laughs> old stuff and history and history of cars and that stuff. Like it just, I was just geeking out on all of it. I was like, man, this is just, you know, insane, you know? And then she brought yeah. out the photo albums and was showing all the other cars and it was just it was like, Holy crap, you know, but it, it was, it was, pretty, it was a neat experience. And see for her, for her, it's probably, yeah, for her, it's probably really cool that somebody who's passionate about the cars got it. You know what I mean? And not some guy who's going to flip it. Oh, yeah. Well, who knows what you're going to do with it, but hands on it. That car is just so cool. God, that, that's a cool car. Johnny, let me ask you something. <laughs> sure. <laughs> if that was your car, what would you sell it for? If you had, oh, if man, you had I... the car and you had to put it up for sale, what would you ask for it? I think I would I would put it up for your number. Really, sixty thousand sounds right to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think I think it's easy 
I, like, I, I mean, I, I like the stories of these cars. When you have a car like that, that story adds a lot of value to that car, in my opinion. You know, and then you have this super rare car on top of that. And I, when when I was over at Mike's checking out the car, he had the whole interior out of it because he was cleaning it, and it was like. I was just like, holy shit, the, the floor on this thing, you know, it was like a, it was almost like a neon dance floor because the, it had paint across the whole thing. Like he just wow. sprayed it. It looked so yeah. super clean. You know, you usually have like some rust, even if it's just surface rust, you know, on the, on the front floors or maybe the back floors. And this thing was just like, from what I remember, it was just spotless. It's just like crap, man. I was hoping, you know, they uh, we have our big fall fling car show out here. They were going to put at Irwindale this year, and last minute they canceled it. And I know Mike was scurrying trying to get the interior back yeah. in it and get it all ready to show uh, to take it to the show. And I was I was kind of excited to go see it, you know, with all the interior back in it and stuff. And then unfortunately they canceled the show last minute, so we didn't get to. We didn't get to see that. I don't know what show we can next go to and perhaps appreciate the cars. Probably Spring Fling, maybe. Um, yeah. But uh, uh -huh. depends on yeah. who wins the election. <laughs> right? Oops, I'm not supposed to talk <laughs> yeah. politics and I, I won't. Think you're right. I'll leave it. At that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm tired yeah. of wearing these masks. You, I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> I want to get back to the things, the way things were, car shows, all that fun stuff. This year yeah. sucked. I'm, d I'm over yeah. it. Well, it didn't well, suck for Mike. So, <laughs> when, I, when I brought the car home, my first thought was like, okay, I don't want to lose motivation on this thing. I want to make it run, which I got it running. Um, started ordering parts for it. It had a couple friends that wanted to help out on it. And um, so, I mean, I was like, go, go, go. So I really, I had no intent of taking it to fall fling. And then um, Troy Mopar's 5150 with the Challenger, he... Between him and Randy, Randy was going to bring the Charger 500 out there and Troy was going to bring the Hemi Challenger. So we started all kind of talking on a group text thinking, okay, we're going to bring the three cars down there, show them together. They just came out in hot rod. Like it would have been super, super cool to get them all together. And of course I had, mine was, yeah. I had the scoops off, all the Ram Charger stuff was off, um, all the final top trim and all the window trims off. Um and I had all the seats and interior carpet, everything out. So I was kind of bummed out. I was like, man, you know, of course now I want to bring it to the show. So yeah, I was doing my best to slam it all back together just to get it out there. And then, yeah, I think Wednesday before the show, well, actually, yeah, the show would have been today. Um, so yeah, Wednesday we got word that that was it and pulled the plug on it. And it was kind of a bummer. And it was, so I heard it was like the mayor of Irwindale or something just all of a sudden yeah. pulled the plug on it. I heard right? stuff. I heard that was it something somebody like that? complained because they heard there was going to be a big gathering, um, you know, that said, oh, they can't do that and made a cause to fit about it or something. But I don't know, if, you know, there was all kinds of speculation hearsay on it. So but it was a bummer. I, to be honest with you, I could see that entire um the entire collection of cars that were purchased at that time i could see all of those at the muscle car and corvette nationals in the barn find exhibit they're the perfect types of cars oh. for that because i yeah. you know in mopar's 5150 oh, yeah. they they're always there so um i wouldn't be surprised if you get a call like hey 
yeah you need to get this thing over here uh that god so cool i so how long had it been since um, the car last ran <laughs> yesterday <laughs> right i drove it yesterday oh you mean before that <laughs> before that no it uh <laughs> so i think the last tags on it were o2 um and that was the thing when i bought it or you know when i made the deal on it obviously it wasn't running and i didn't even uh, which it was probably stupid of me i didn't even put a wrench on it to try and roll it over or anything so i mean i kind of really took a shot in the dark but what made me feel better was the battery that was in it had a date code of 07 on it and the uh the spark plugs you could see you know past the plug boots and the wires were all chewed off from rats but uh, it had like Bosch Platinums in it. So in my head, I'm thinking, okay, somebody, I don't know why you put those in it, but um, somebody had it running, you know, or was doing something with it. Um, so I felt pretty good about it with that. And, you know, I pretty much got it home, rolled it over by hand a few times and it felt pretty good. And I, actually at first, when I, <laughs> when I first did it, I bought a battery for it and put the battery in and turn the headlights on and the headlights worked and hit the horn and the horn worked. And I was all stoked on this thing. I'm like, okay, I'm going to try and crank it. And I went to crank it and it makes this poof noise and smoke starts pouring from underneath the dash and out of the steering column and like everywhere. And I'm like, Oh my God, like, Oh shit. You know, and I jump out and I unhook the battery really quick and I go back into the car. And I mean, it still had all the full interior and everything in it. And I'm, going oh man and the smoke's kind of starting to go away and i notice that more and more smoke's coming out of the steering column and i'm like oh shit so i twist the horn button off and when i twist it off i could see flames inside the steering column and i'm like oh fuck what do i do you know do i, <laughs> oh, no. do I get the garden hose and just saturate yeah. the thing or and i i'm like you know my god like i've had this car for two days and i, I don't even have it insured yet and what do i do and and uh, Oh God! Oh yeah, I could just see Mike fire. <laughs> but so I, I, luckily, I thought about it, and I I went, and I grabbed a just a shop towel and got it wet, and I kind of rang it out over the you know over the column, and it sizzled, and you know, luckily it went out, and so I have a little bit of work to do there on it. Um, I need to put new wiring in the harness, and I don't know what the hell. It's, it's something obviously must have been chewed up or whatever. I when I pulled the bulkhead apart um the wire to the amp meter um the one that's always fried you could see it melted a little bit so i'm thinking okay mm. maybe, maybe there was something going on there oh, and that's yeah. what did it but i need to uh at some point fix the dash wiring right now i've just been hot wiring it to run it and drive it so um, which all i've really driven is onto the trailer so and um it, how does it, it how does it run solid it uh one of the collectors on it on one of the headers is like rusted out. So, I mean, it sounds like it's like half open header, so it's oh. got a horrible exhaust <laughs> leak and um, the, the rear carburetor leaks just a little bit, which is pretty good for sitting, you know, that that's all it is. Um, so, I mean, yeah. I got a few little things to actually do on it, change fluids and everything else. And then hopefully from there um, I have exhaust manifolds that are probably correct for it, but I think I'm going to, put a new set of probably TTIs or something on it. Um, just because being that the car is not original cool. in that aspect now, I figure, you know, there's not really any harm in putting headers back on it, you know, and, and not only that, it'll run better yeah. with it. And it's yeah, original it's... enough where I'm not going to trip on it. 
Yeah, it's like the perfect day two car. Yeah. I mean, the I little tweet has got the Mallory yeah. distributor, yeah. and I was surprised that worked. And you know, right off the bat, it fired up pretty easy. So, um, and I've, I've been on the fence on wheels for it. I, <laughs> I actually got some fifteen by seven rallies from Johnny um, that are on it right now. Um, but I'm I'm kind of torn between those or that picture from the auto show. If that is the car, it had Krager SS's on it. And I keep thinking, man, Krager SS's might be the way to go just because I've never really been a Krager fan because they're heavy and they always get all shitty and flaky, but you know, <laughs> they, they look so right on it in that uh. picture. So and when I when I had the rear wheels off of the drums, you can still see the original red paint because the you know the rear drums were painted red. And I'm you know, to me, I'm like, okay, if I put Craig oh, SS's cool. on it, you'll be able to see the drums and it'll just, I think everything will look good on it. So, so it may get Craig eventually. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm a Craig whore. So <laughs> I, I say, Craig, hey, that is the car. That is the car. So you might as well just make That's, it the way it yeah, was. I've show. had a few people reach out to me, like on social media and whatnot, and they've, a few people that, you know, definitely know, and they're, they say the same thing. They're like, man, there's no way that that's not the car, you know, the, the odds of it, you know, part of me, I'm like, no, there's a chance. Maybe there's another one somewhere, but I mean, it, it definitely, everything fits together that that probably is the car for whatever it's worth. You know, to me, it's just neat because it's underneath the, you know, it's with the rest of the 1970 scat pack. And in the picture, it's underneath a sign that says sublime street. And it's just, you know, it's just neat, you know, kind of the nostalgia. Yeah, you're being yeah. you're being uh, modest. That is badass. When I found when I found <laughs> That's badass, randomly, dude. it was like, no oh. way. and I started thinking, man, that could really be the car. And then, you know, everything I, yeah, just on a Google. You found it randomly. Yeah, you just and came across like, the picture. Man, that looks oh, like it. Man. You know, and like I said, That's the cool. more pieces that fell together, I was like, okay, white stripe, white, you know, white top, white interior, Ram Charger, um, hood pins, because factory hood pins, oh. you know, pretty much all the same stuff that mine has that that picture has. So. It's, it's pretty neat. <laughs> My money's on it. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it's, yeah. It's, it's definitely, oh, it's, it's, uh, cool. I don't know. It's been probably the most exciting Mopar thing that I've had any part of in a long time. You know, it's, it's just, it's, it's got me totally yeah. fired back up and into it, you know? So it's, that part's cool. All right. I'm very cool car um i just could, i couldn't imagine finding that set of cars you know what i mean the only thing missing to make it the ultimate find and it's pretty close is a wing car if there's a wing car in that group of cars god just knowing though i mean every day we talk at least i do i'm like scared that you know all these crazy barn finds or whatever you want to call them are still out there and i'm like oh god there's not very many of them I, left and I, then you come across not, this I know of a guy that knows of a wing car that i've been working on him for quite some time <laughs> i saw your shit eating Johnny, grin, like, man. Johnny <laughs> who i'm talking about here <laughs> but yeah yeah i yeah i have it i don't talk about it much but it's still there and it's a possibility someday hopefully who knows who knows yeah johnny's being a little johnny's, I, I johnny's probably, a little tight-lipped right now <laughs> i know what you're out to <laughs> let's just say I, I might i might be able to get my hands on a 70 yeah. cornet rt 446 pack i might have a barter material i, I, say I was never a wing potentially. car guy and something over the last couple of years i'm like man that would be another one that 
I don't know. It's just, I think I like just that gaudiness of, you know, that's why I like about the 70 RT. It's just, it's so over the yeah. top, you know, the hood scoops, the side scoops that don't go to anything, you know, it's just like a look at me kind of car. So the way cars are the same. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, guilty. Yeah. I mean, guilty. That's, yeah. That's part of the fun. So. <laughs> yeah. That's Mopar. To me, that's Mopar are the muscle cars that stood out from the crowd. You know what I mean? That's just yeah, what yeah. Mopars have always been for me. And, you know, if I go to a car show and I'm standing, you know, two blocks away and I'm looking at the cars and I can barely make out what they are. I pick out all the cool colors and they're always Mopars. And I'm just like, OK, yeah. Mo- I'm just a whore for Mopars, I guess, because when I go to a car show, I really I mean, I can respect other cars. I can respect the you know, LS6 Chevelle or something. But, you know. Cudas, Super Bs, Coronet RTs, you know, wing cars. They're just, they're so cool. Chrysler just had it down. The muscle car, the whole muscle car thing, they just, they nailed it. And hearing that there's still awesome cars like that out there, man, it gives me hope because I'm in no position (laughs) to buy one right now. But the day will come. And I hope I'm in the right place. I will say from what I've seen over the last couple of years, I've bought a lot of cars and parts and that kind of stuff out of estates and not even necessarily estate stuff where, you know, it's an old guy that's had all this stuff and his kids have no interest in it. And, you know, these guys are just finally hitting a point where they're, they're over hoarding it. And it seems like a lot of good stuff is coming out of the woodwork because of that, because, you know, you figure a lot of the guys that have been into this stuff for a long time that have these cars, they're hitting the point where they're passing away, getting sick, getting old, you know, and it's, it's bringing it up. So a lot's been coming up lately. Yeah. I was just, uh, I was just talking to Chris field about this at the car show today. And he was saying that he's like, it, it seems like you're, we're going through a phase, a generational phase where a lot of these guys are just, they're getting to where they're so old and a lot of them are dying off. And then these, these hordes that they have, you know, tucked away in their backyards or whatever they're just like all of a sudden getting exposed to the world it's like holy shit you know it's a plethora of mopars that have just been hidden for 40 or 50 years you know example i think i told johnny about this one um there was a a state sale locally kind of right in between myself and johnny out in uh, menifee and uh i could see some random mopar stuff in the background of the picture so of course I was there. I took a day off of work. I was there, you know, on a on a <laughs> typical Mopar. Uh, I saw some Mopar shit in the well, picture in the background. <laughs> I, I get out there and I'm like, holy <laughs> crap! There's like, you know, a lot of really random stuff. You know, like signed Richard Petty picture. Um, a lot of pictures of old, you know, race stuff. Cool. It it turns out the estate was a guy named Scott Harvey. He was an uh, engineer for Chrysler. And he actually, I want to say in, I think, 1968, he had a Barracuda that won one of the biggest like rally races with a 68 Barracuda. And he was the head engineer that was in charge of all of um, all the CUDAs and the whole CUDA program, basically. So he did all the rally racing, all the road racing. I mean, he was he was like legit in the early early to mid seventies, uh, the very first Ram charger, they, they were actually, they were going to name Ram chargers rhinos. So the, his, his, really? Ram 
I didn't that know he that. raced was called the Rhino. Wow. It was named Rhino. Um, he had that. He had a Velari or a Velari or an Aspen that he had a Tornado front end under it, a W2 headed small block, and it was an all wheel drive rally race car. I mean, just badass stuff. Um, really? so it turned out um, wow. somebody who I've, I've actually since then, I'm friends with him on Facebook, ended up with the car, but he actually got the Barracuda from the estate, the Scott Harvey's real 68 rally Barracuda. Um, so Whoa. yeah, there was that car. That's cool. Um, I mean, I bought tons of parts. I bought tons of, I mean, all his old paperwork and all kinds of stuff. But I mean, some of the stuff I got is stuff like from uh, Chrysler engineering college or school that he went to, and it has all these Chrysler engineers in it. And I mean, what are the odds that this super well-known Chrysler engineer lived in mine and Johnny's backyard, you know, and he was, and had all these Mopars, all these Mopar parts, and, you know, it's it, that kind of stuff just keeps popping up, you know, the five cars out in Arizona, you know, it's just amazing. They're definitely out there and they're, they're definitely popping up more and more. Yeah, they are. That's right. If, if you're listening to this show right now and you're one of the people that bitches about prices, maybe if you spent more time hustling and making some extra cash you would have the money <laughs> to quit talking and start buying you know what i mean go i if it got to the point where i was starting to see more and more which i am of these cars coming up for sale and these estate sales there's going to be a point where i'm gonna, all right i guess i'm gonna drive an uber at night now because i just gotta make the extra cash <laughs> you and know that's what I mean? how i was I, I and uh, i don't make a ton yeah, of money I, in my day job or anything like that you know i what i have in cars it's you know it's stuff that i've bought stuff i go to swap meets i you know I, anything that comes up that's cheap or free or comes my way i i jump on it you know and i'm and i'm always looking and then just from being in it so long people call me because yeah. it's it's what i've done for so long but it, it basically <laughs> It kind of supports my hobby, so okay. to speak, I guess. Absolutely, because I know that there's a lot of people that have seen the cars you post for sale, see that you bought this Coronet RT, and they're like, oh, the no. guy's rich. So, Mike, are you rich? <laughs> I would. Are you a trust fund kid? Okay, thank you. You're a hardworking no. American, uh, and, I, you know, I, I, that's what I, I just well, – and this is this is this is like the difference I see with with Mike. You know, a lot of these guys, and, and I'm even guilty of it too. Like, I might be scouring the internet and you find something and go, "Man, that's a pretty good deal." If if you're doing that and you're just thinking about it, and you're like, "I'd really like to you're own that car," and I think that price is right, you're already too late. You know, because Mike's already there with his trailer and he's already loading it. I mean, Mike hustles. He. I mean, it's kind of crazy because I look at cars and I'll I'll find a bitching car that might be pretty far away, like say two or three states over, and I'm just like it's just too far. I'm not going to bother. And I think Mike would probably jump in his truck and go, or he's got a friend over there that he's calling, like, "Hey, there's can there, you go pick this up there, for me?" Been a lot or, you of know, times that he just I didn't have the money, and I knew that <laughs> I had 30 days to make my house payment, and. I used my house payment to go buy something or I was at dinner with the family and something popped up and I just happened to be scrolling through my phone and I was like, fuck, I got to go. And you know, I, my trailer's always ready to go and out to the the phone booth, putting his Superman suit on and not to give up any secrets, so to speak. (laughs) But if, 
if you have to wait till tomorrow to go to the bank, you're too late. If you have to wait till tomorrow to find a trailer, you're too late. If, oh, yeah. you know, it's, it's, uh, you yeah. know, deals don't wait around for anybody. And there's, there's a lot of guys, especially out in this area that that's all they do. They're just car flippers, you know, and they're like, they're on it and they're cutthroat. You know, you can have a car locked up and they're offering more money you know, for the car. So you get there and they're like, sorry, but somebody offered me more money already. You know, it's, it's, it's definitely, uh, it's, it's pretty gnarly. So yeah, when I find stuff, I don't wait around, I jump on it. You know, I, I, I don't know. You, you have to, it's just kind of the name of the game. Absolutely. And, and I'm fortunate enough to know Mike. It's like, oh, he's likewise. like an asset for me because there's John, stuff John, he doesn't always sell stuff, but it's still nice having some <laughs> you know, stuff parts nearby. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like the the GTS that you picked up. I mean, that was like a the guy passed away deal, right? And your buddy or something bought it was there to buy a Buick or I don't know some other brand X car and was like giving you a heads up. Hey, there's some yeah, Mopars was, over uh, here or something like that. GTS, right. Four speed dart, yeah. uh, 67 dart GT, a 67 Cornet 500, um, a 71 <clears throat> AMC AMX 401 four speed car. Um, and cool. And, geez, <laughs> probably. Cool. I, I want to say, I think there was another one, a Chrysler Newport, but yeah, same thing. You know, the guy passed away and, she was the widow was going to have the car scrapped and you know i offered her fair prices i I didn't by any means take advantage of her you know i I offered you know what i felt was a fair price on what the cars were and she was more than happy you know use the money to fix up her house and you know it it was a win-win did you flip them or what gts the um how long ago was this i'm gonna say oh this is this is probably five five years ago maybe maybe not that long okay because johnny's always talking shit about a bodies and i was like you got a gts dart (laughs) you're talking shit about a body i bought a 340 demon from (laughs) a while back so don't let him don't let him hustle you Ah. he got me at a weak point like these damn a bodies and (laughs) he swooped it in and took it out of my hands no that was that was actually a time where i I had a glut of cars and i was doing the rings you know (laughs) and that car was on the outer ring and Uh, and uh mike's always down for an a body so that one was uh pretty much a no-brainer I, I regret getting rid of it too. It's like that was a cool like three forty <laughs> yeah. vitamin C orange, right? Um, yeah, but oh well. But the GTS the GTS this is what Mike's famous for. When he buys a car, it's at the uh the car wash, you know, the the do it yourself car washes with the big pressure washer and stuff. Yeah. The he doesn't even say the car's for sale. He doesn't say that there's a price. But everybody that knows Mike, it's like if that if you see a car getting pressure washed and you want it, that's the point because it's the same thing. You got to act quick. It's like when I saw the GTS, I was like, dude, how much? How much do you want for the car? And I went over there to check it out, and he threw me a number I thought was fair. I didn't even haggle on the price. It's just like I'm not going to try to – you know, that was, it was, a, it was a badass car. It was missing the, the motor. I think, yeah, you threw in a trans with it, a four speed. Uh, but, and then I had it for a while and it, I think it was, 
it was around the same time I got rid of the demon. I was going through the rings and those cars were the A bodies were on the outer rings, so they got the, some C bodies got let go first and then the A bodies and, and so I, I'm like the catfish. I scattered all the lowly A bodies off the bottom that nobody else wants. <laughs> He scrapes up a few 340 cars every now and then too. So us, <laughs> us broke well, guys want those A-bodies. Because I, you know, if, if, if ultimately if I ever could only have one car, believe it or not, I'd probably have a duster with a big block in it. Um, because that's, it's, I guess my roots. <laughs> I mean, I've always, I've always had a duster. It was my first car. Yeah. Something stupid about them that I love. Um, especially 7071s. And it's just, I don't know. It, it's I'm staring at mine right now, so <laughs> I'm in the garage and it's right in front of me. So <laughs> oh no, because you'll see the hey, rest of my turn mess. the camera around. <laughs> oh. yeah, hey, the coronet's at the shop. Yeah, the though, coronet's right? at my friend's shop, shop in Palm Desert, and it's getting that work done. So yeah, cool. Yeah, I, I put a post on Instagram the other day nice. with it on the trailer and with the little waving, and people were freaking out. <laughs> Fucker, you got I rid of it, it already, and I'm yeah, like, I I'm just just playing it. <laughs> <laughs> how many, how many, how many serious offers have you gotten on the I, car? I really have haven't. you gotten any? Um, I've had, I had one really? guy that came out and bought some parts from <sighs> me that he was really hard trying to get a price out of me on it. Like he kept asking, "Well, what about when you're ready to sell it?" And I told him, "Man, I'm I'm not to that point, so I don't even I don't even know." And um, I know if I sold it, I know Troy's interested in it because he that. And it, it was, it was kind of funny because he <laughs> bought, uh, there was a 70 Super B that was on eBay um, the same time that I bought this car. And I had kind of been watching it because I, I wanted to kind of gauge the value, even though, you know, the Super B, they made more of them, but it's a Super B and people typically like Super Bs probably over the RT or it's probably hit and miss, but, but it was the same color car, um, four forty six pack and Troy bought that car. So it was kind of funny that right at the same time. <laughs> That's yeah, right. So, I, yeah, I Dave know that Fiber car posted okay. it on his Instagram, okay. you know, and I was both in it. And yeah. it was yeah. kind of funny that like, what are the odds of these two five green cars popping up? Yeah, out of the both four speeds, both <laughs> six packs. Um, but yeah, I I really haven't had anybody. Yeah, I mean, I I really am pretty set on keeping it. I mean, it would really take the right car for me to to want to move on from it, you know. And like like you said, I look at them, you know, I love the cars, but it I have to look at it as an investment of, you know, at some point if I kick the bucket, my family sells it, I, it's something that I can leave behind that it, it's a, it's a savings account that I can enjoy, sure. you know. And like I said, I'm not, yeah, I'm not a trust fund kid that had a bunch of oh. money or anything. I have a huge savings account. You know, <laughs> it's it's really just, you know, like I say, it's just a savings account I can enjoy. You know, and I always try to look at all of them like that. You know, yeah. But it it definitely that's probably why my drag car isn't done because, you know, when you build a drag car, you're just pouring money into it, and the investment isn't there where I've built purely off of parts that I've got yeah. off of other cars and off of deals and everything else to keep myself right in it, you know? So that's, yeah, that's, it's a good message to give to people out there. Cause I know that, 
because before I really got deep and and started talking to people like you guys, um, I always thought, oh, these guys, they got money somewhere. But the more and more I get into it, it's just a lot of hardworking dudes that know how to wheel and deal and that have been in the game for 20, 30, 40 years. And they've made those net, they made that network, those Definitely. connections. So, you know, that's one good thing about this podcast is I'm starting to meet all these people. And I'm like, this could work out to my advantage someday, because if I ever come across some money and I'm sitting on this podcast and I hold up a stack of cash and I say, hey, I'm looking for this particular car. Does anyone have it? Let me know. I've got money. Like the the Pentastar porthole for the van that I'm trying to get. I I just went to all the places I could think of online and said, hey, does anybody have one of these people? Oh, you're going to pay a thousand bucks. I'm like, I'm not paying a thousand bucks for a bubble window for a, yeah. a boogie van. And some guy's like, I got one. Sixty bucks. I was like, <laughs> all right. Yeah. Finally, I get a deal and it's on a window. I think definitely you're setting yourself up to be in the right spot where, you know, you know, I, 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 for instance, Troy, I think a big part of where he finds a lot of the cars is because he has such a following on social media. Anytime anything pops up, they're tagging him oh, on yeah. it and he's, He's always got first crack at anything, you know, and yeah. he's he's got people that work for him oh, yeah. in all the right places to pick up cars. And, you know, he's, he's definitely, yeah, he does. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he's, he's got it going on, man. It's I, I think that's the hardest part about buying a Mopar now is beating him to anything. <laughs> but yeah. in about in about 10 years, I'm going to start Mopar's 61 yeah. 70. <laughs> no, he uh. He just, I see the amount of cars that guys like him acquire and they rebuild. And it's just, I never, I never look at it like jealousy. I just look at it like whatever he's doing, he's doing it right. And he's set himself up. It's like chess. And it's what I noticed with the guys that have all the cool cars like yourself and um, those guys. And there's, there's quite a few guys out there that have, you know, every time you look at their social media they've got something new and cool and you're like i, I think it's all right you know so i think it's i guess awesome it's just a matter him, of setting with, yourself up with what troy does he's saving a ton of cars he's bringing them out he's yeah. getting them out to people are enjoying them again yeah. you know the ones that he does sell he you know they're getting fixed up and preserved and you know they're they're getting a whole nother life and i mean i've i kind of look at it the same way with myself when i buy parts if i buy something i don't need I guarantee that whatever parts I buy, they're going to end up with somebody that's going to use them instead of locked up in a hoard somewhere, you know, or whatever parts I buy the thing, you know, they're moving on, they're getting a new yeah. life. They're, they're actually getting used and enjoyed. So it's, it's kind of a deal, you know, on that kind of yeah, stuff. Definitely. So. Absolutely. It's just, it's just really cool to see. I enjoy seeing it. Cause some of the, I mean, not just them, but I've seen other, other guys take these cars that most people would look at and go, it's dead in the water. You might as well scrap it. And they completely like, I mean, you can pretty much build, if you, oh, yeah. you know, someone at AMD, oh, <laughs> you can pretty much just build a car now. And, uh, some, of, yeah, yeah. Some of those cars I've, I've looked at and even I would have said, cause I just don't have the skills personally. I, I just look at them. I'm like, gosh, that's a lot of work. But if you have the skill and the money to buy the metal, God, some of those cars, they definitely have saved. There's no doubt about that. I've seen some that were, where'd you find that at the bottom of a lake or something? You know, they're just so far gone. It's just amazing what these craftsmen can do. Cause it really, it's really an art when you look at when they start breaking those cars down, all like 
there's barely anything left and then they build a car from that that's oh, amazing to me i love that between them so that's, and, uh, that's really fun song, stuff he's another one that that guy is just amazing he you see yeah. some of the stuff yeah. he gets into yeah. And yeah it's pretty impressive i i myself i don't have the time for rusty stuff yeah. so i try to stay away from that that's a lot of extra work <laughs> yeah <laughs> All right, we're getting to the two-hour point. So there's sure. one last question I got to ask you, Mike. And I was just thinking about this. Uh, so the guy that came to buy the parts, he's trying to get a price out of you. Let me ask you this. Let's say he said, hey, I have $60,000. And he pulled out $60,000 and he said, let me buy this car today. Would you have sold it to him? $60,000. I'm starting to think Chris has got sixty thousand dollars. He's he's filling you out right now. Yeah. <laughs> what if a guy came down from Washington and he had sixty thousand dollars? It would be something I would have to. I'd really have to stew on it. I mean, it would be it would be a tough one. You know, it's it's kind of really. It's like I told you, I have a guy that okay. hit me up on the van, and I told him, you know, he saw it for fifteen when I had it listed for fifteen. And he wants to buy it. And I, I told him, I'm like, you know, I just, I don't know. I got to think about it. Cause it's, you know, I, I finally hit this point again where I'm like, okay, these are my three cars. I'm going to get down to three cars that I'm going to keep. And that's it. I, I might make a fourth exception if I could find a 7071 Cuda, <laughs> but you know, I'm pretty set on like, these are the three cars and I, I don't know, but I mean, I, I'm also that person that everything's always for sale. You know, I can't, I can't be stupid about it at the same yeah. point, you know, to me, that would be kind of stupid money for it. And I don't know. 65,000, 65,000. It, 65, it, it, <laughs> it would be pretty tough. It would be pretty tough to turn it down just because I mean, I don't know, but <laughs> there you have it. Yeah, folks. There you have it. $60,000 buys the car. <laughs> You can find him at, at Body Dropped A100. Right. <laughs> uh, sorry, don't. Randy's don't gonna hear this. Randy's gonna go. That motherfucker! I knew he was just gonna sell. <laughs> I like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm I'm surprised nobody's come out of the woodwork and really thrown some cash well, I, at you, but I I just don't I don't get it. And going back to the people like the guy, it's like. I hate when people do that cause I, and I do it. <laughs> so I hate myself. Um, if, if you're trying to buy a car and you're trying to make an offer, don't make the offer until you have the cash and know how much you would pay for that car. If you really want it, you'll give the guy a price and say, Hey, I've got this. Will you sell it to me for that? And if you won't, yeah. then you're out, you're out of the game. <laughs> you know, I think too many people are just trying to get that crazy deal. And sometimes if it's the right car, like you said, you know, shit or get off the pot. <laughs> you know, if you don't get that car, yeah. somebody else no, has got think, the money too. I think so. really if the right person saw it that had to have it, that had the money, you know, I, I I think it's one of those cars that sky's the limit. But, you know, I think it would really take that right person. But, uh, it, yeah, that's why God doesn't let me have money because he knows so, I would just buy so much shit. So, <laughs> I, so yesterday I met Mike Brewer from Wheeler Dealers. And uh, I was I was no, telling yeah. him about the car we were talking, and it was kind of funny because he goes, he started asking more questions. He goes, "Boy, you almost got me interested in it." And then I was like, "Oh shit! Like I better shut up because 
this guy's like somebody that probably really has the you know the means of yeah. he's got that tv but, money um, kind of yeah kind of funny yeah. stuff but yeah i don't know i i really hope that i hang on to it because i like i say i know it's a special car i know it's not something that i'll come across another one and you know i, I, I hope i do <laughs> yeah Here, here's the thing it's like yeah well, here's the thing. It's like being realistic about it and playing the devil's advocate. Because I think this is one of those cars where it's like, this could be it. I mean, this could be the highest level car you may ever own. You know, it's so high up there. Yeah, my- that Hold on a second. Get the message here. Okay. Uh, it's so high up there that there's not a whole lot of cars above it. And there's a good likelihood that you may never own a car higher than that. So if you let it go, that's like it could be the game over as far as like owning a car that prestigious, you know. But then on the flip side, the devil's advocate side, it's like if you got that crazy number, let's say some rich guy comes up and is like, here's $60,000. And you think about all the other Mopars you could potentially buy with that money, you know. You can finish the race car. You can have a bitchin' 68 Charger, you know. <laughs> you know, you start looking at it that way. It's like, well, man, and that's kind of like. The few, the, the better cars limit, that I've had know? in my past that I've sold, the 69, I had a 69 Charger RTSE. It was black, white, pale stripe, tan interior. Huh. Um, and when I sold that car, that was how I looked at it. You know, I, I didn't want to sell it, but I made a few bucks on it. And I looked at it at the time of, man, what can I buy in its place? There's so much potential with a nice chunk of money like that. So, you know, definitely when you get to the B body and E body yeah. money, I mean, you could sell a mediocre B body and buy a super throwdown A body. So, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, it's that's like, very true. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, well, let's, Let's yeah, hope not- nobody offers you that kind of stupid money, Mike. Let's say let's hope everybody offers you what you paid for the car. And you know, honestly, and you just what, what I paid for it, I felt was <laughs> well, pretty much in my eyes like that's what I honestly it I probably paid more than what I thought it was worth. But as time has gone on and I've gotten deeper into it and learned more about it, I'm starting to feel like I did did well on it. So I mean, I think it's I don't know. I, I think I did okay on it, but uh, at the same point, I don't see. Any- how much did you how much did you pay for it mike no i'm kidding <laughs> um that's uh no it's it's definitely one of those cars where i could i could see it you know eventually or even i really could see somebody making you an offer on that car just because of how special it really is and i i almost want it to happen just so i can see where you're really at like what what really what makes him go yes yeah, sold like <laughs> so like that I'll indecent that proposal movie huh, where like, man, I don't know. That's a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, that's pretty much it. Um, and I, 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 I love Mopars, but I love right on, too, man. So yeah, it's a tough one. It's. I, I, yeah. <laughs> now, hey Johnny, with the prices of chargers, you have a few chargers, you know, and you see what they're going for. They're going for twenty five, thirty thousand. If you sell a few of those, you might be able to. You know, coax Mike into can afford it. <laughs> yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe you never know. But one of ninety-seven, four forty-six pack, nineteen seventy Coronet RT, perfect color. Per- just the car's perfect. 
this is when I saw it, I was like, oh, and, you know, the Challenger, very obviously it's a Hemi car, you know, four speed car numbers matching. Uh, that's another one of those holy grails. But there's just something there's something about the high impact. Now, if the Challenger was a when it comes to when it comes down to value, you know, the high impact will make a giant difference, as you know. You know, if it was a black car, it probably wouldn't, you know, even though TX9 Mopars matter, it um, when it comes to those high impact paint yeah. colors, it's to me, I just see the value even more in it. And with that picture that you have of it at the show, oh, God, there's just there's too much cool stuff around that car where if I if I had if I had the money and I had to choose between the two of them, I would probably I mean, this is crazy because I'm, I, I would love to have a Hemi car. That See, coronet I, is just too cool. I, <laughs> the right I, color, just gosh. I feel the I might same be crazy way, saying the same that, point, but I do have some regret that the Hemi car it, it went for a lot of money. But I, it to me, I started looking at it and thinking about it after the fact, after it was sold. That man, I probably. I don't know. Yeah. I could have pulled money out of my house or I could have, I could have done something to try and make that deal happen. And I mean, really just talk about a once in a lifetime opportunity to own, you know, that car, I think is one of 54 or something like that. Um, but it's, you know, it, it, it's an amazing wow. car, but I'm, I'm more than stoked with what I have. I mean, the, the Cornette's cool. It with me, I have, I have some oh, yeah. history with 70 Cornettes. So it, it's, I don't know. It, it, it was a good fit when it was all said and done. And even I, I was talking to Randy, I want to say last week, and he said the same thing. He goes, man, I just think that car is just a perfect fit with you. And it, it really feels like it is, you know, I, I like it's yeah. comfortable. It's yeah, it's just everything about it. It's just a good fit. So, so hopefully I get it on the road soon and start driving it. And yeah. Hopefully it's out and about. And oh yeah. I'm a little nervous about touching up the paint because, uh, I get a lot of people are like, man, don't touch the paint, leave it alone. But it's, you know, in person, it's, well, I mean, the pictures in Hot Rod show it pretty well. It's pretty crusty on the top half. You know, all the paint's pretty burnt off the top half. The stripe, like yeah. you were talking about, it's it's crazy for people that haven't seen. The, it, the white tail stripe was on it so long that it started to crack. And then where the cracks were, you know, basically where the white stripe is, it's all green now on surface rust. And you can see where the cracks were in the green because it cooked the paint. So, I mean, it looks like there's a sticker stripe that's cracked, but it's the paint because that's where the sticker preserved it. Like it's just, it's, it's kind of a trick, you know, that that's how it actually cooked, but yeah, it's bitching. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's absolutely bitching. I love it. You, I'm assuming you've been taking Tons a of it. shitload yeah, of pictures of the car. Documented yeah. everything I yeah. can. God. Um, I took the tow bar off of it just because it, yeah. even though it was part of the story of him towing it around, and it was kind of <laughs> funny seeing a Cornet, you know, 446 yeah. pack with a tow bar. I, I had to take it off because I'm like, okay, it's just, you know, <laughs> right. it's so much cleaner without it. Uh, but yeah, it's, I'm definitely yeah. anxious to get it back. I, I think. I'm not sure. I'm guessing a couple weeks or so, hopefully, for him to get the metal work and get the top on it. Um, and definitely, I think the white top's going to change it up quite a bit just by itself. So I think that'll bring it out a lot. Oh, God, yeah. But, yeah. 
So what goes into la- last, this is the last question. <laughs> what goes into, so it's so burnt on the top. What kind of prep work goes into putting a vinyl um, top back on it? I think pretty much what we're going with just out of not getting too far into it and preserving it. Um, pretty much just yeah, wire sure. wheeling everything down, getting as much rust off of it as you can. And then um, they're using, I believe it's called no rust. It's like a, like poor 15. Um, where it's like a rust inhibitor, you know, okay. preventer, converter, whatever you want to call it, and it seals it. Um, and the the product they're using, it actually comes in white, so it'll be basically pa- painted in white um, uh-huh. with that paint to protect it. And then, like I say, there's a few holes around the back window. He's going to metal work all those in, fix them, pull the back window out, put the back window back in, and then do <laughs> Is he going to pull the windshield too? I know the vinyl I'm cars gonna, are tucked in. Yeah, I, I like probably in the should, panel. but I'm again, I don't want to get too far into it. it. There's there's like a little bit of delamination around the windshield. Um, so it would probably be a good time to pull the windshield out. But if I pulled the windshield mm-hmm. out, I'd want to replace the dash pad. And at that point, probably pull the whole dash and just restore the dash. Oh. So it just kind of opens up a whole nother can of worms and it's like, you know what, let's just, let's fix the rust, put a vinyl top on. He said he can tuck it in the front to where he won't have to pull the windshield out. Uh, So basically, yeah, I mean, it, it should at that point keep any more rust from coming back. Um, And then the rest of the top, that's the tough part. You know, do you leave it surface rust where it's going to keep getting worse? Do you scuff it and clear it? Do you, you know, there's a bunch of different ways to go, but I'm, I've never been a fan of cleared patina. So I would rather fix what rust is there. I mean, what surface rust is there as far as just blend it. And then, um, my friend that's going to do it, he's really, really good with doing like kind of fake patina, you know, where they buff through and they make it look as if it's original was just buffed. So if we touch it in, it'll basically look Mm. as if, like the sides, you know, there'll be thin spots where you can see through and that kind of stuff. So it'll, it'll have a real original appearing look, hopefully. Cool. Um, definitely. I don't want to restore it. I want to yeah. preserve as much as I can and um, not really into the restoration stuff. I awesome. like, I like an original car a lot more. I mean, it just does a lot more for me and especially with the story and everything else, you know, I don't want to get too overboard on it. So, yeah. Yep. I've been hearing that a lot lately. People love the barn fine cars and just getting them back on the road. I'm, I love it, man. I can't wait to see where you go with this car and just see it back on the road. And it shows, I think it's, I think it's going to be one of those cars where, you know, you're going to be parked next to something really nice six figure car and people are going to go right to the coronet. <laughs> it's just, yeah. it's just one of those cars, man. But Mike, thanks for joining me today. Um, Johnny, as always, thanks for coming on. Um, absolutely yeah <laughs> i know i love i love talking to you guys we could probably go another just hearing your hours, stories i, like I left half awesome. of what i figured we'd talk about <laughs> oh man well you know what that means you're just gonna have to yeah, come back sure. and talk mopars again buddy so yeah yeah we'll get you back on guys where can they find let's go johnny where can they find you if they want to link up with you on social media or even on your youtube channel Oh yeah. Thanks for the plug. Uh, yeah, I do have a YouTube channel. Um, I just do a lot of DIY or 
do-it-yourself stuff on my my cars mm -hmm. you know so if you like doing your own work and you know there's always these trials and tribulations you go through with these cars so it's kind of good to watch somebody else go through it and figure stuff out or let them make the mistakes and then you get to do it right so follow me on johnny mopar on youtube uh on facebook i'm also johnny mopar uh although there's a ton of people that send me friend requests and it's like hard to sift through all of them like is this guy really you know a good match or is this hot yeah, chick from estonia you know <laughs> has yeah <laughs> you know so it's easier to just follow me on on youtube so and, and if you don't mind i got another friend uh who has a youtube channel called uh it's just mopar joe who i just uh linked up with he's a pretty cool guy he does a lot of do-it-yourself stuff too so okay. he's got a 70 challenger with the third gen hemi in it nice he's got some d100s and stuff and yeah it's some cool stuff Awesome. Mike, where can they find you if they want to follow along uh, with the build the of the Cornet? Find it's body dropped a 100 on Instagram. Um, I kind of started another one that I haven't done a lot with yet, but I plan on in the future. Um, it'll be coffee motorsports, coffee underscore motorsports. Um, and aside from that, uh, Randy Carlson, who did the car estate. Um, I've been on a bunch of his videos on his YouTube. So if you look up Carchaeology on YouTube, um, you can see me on there digging through all these cars and digging through all the rat shit on the court and everything. Yeah, <laughs> digging through yeah. rat shit, pulling six packs and intakes yeah, out. That's one thing I forgot to ask. When the car was found, okay, this is the last question. In that trunk... There was a yeah, bunch there of was a, Mopar uh, gold, a 346 there? pack setup, um, which I had actually already bought the air cleaner um, in that first load of stuff that I bought from them. Oh, really? Um, and then there was a, uh, a 76 pack setup for a 440 from a four speed car um, that was in that trunk. And then there was, there was, which all that stuff I wow. bought from Randy, but it was all separate, you know, unfortunately. Oh, okay. It, didn't come with the car it was like oh, yeah. you know yeah. so i i spent a whole bunch of money in parts but it was one of those things where where do you ever have that opportunity to buy that kind of part you know you just you don't see this stuff God. so <laughs> yeah definitely if, if you watch randy's uh, videos like i say it's at carchaeology um he's got you know he's he comes up with a ton of cool stuff but everything with the five cars is in there and um i think i helped him go through cool. the charger 500 the charger rt um the cornet rt and then he's got me dragging a duster out of that anza estate and i'm actually going back uh monday to pick up a 55 plymouth from out there so just what i needed right oh awesome so, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> up to four now yeah <laughs> all right you guys. Know, i need to Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I need to start to, every time I go to Mike's, I need to take a picture of his yard because <laughs> I swear every time I go there, it's a, like a whole new layout yeah, of Mopars laying around right the place, you know, everywhere. but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that is awesome, man. It was fun guys. Um, let's do this again sooner rather than later. Johnny Mopar, Mike coffee. Thanks for joining me. No Mopar left behind guys. All we'll right. see you next time. Yeah. Thank you. All right, man. Thanks for having us.
And that concludes part two of Direct Connections with Johnny Mopar and Mike Coffey. Thank you all for listening to the show. Special thanks to my friends over at HemiPages.com and DIYHemi.com. They have some really cool stuff going on, so be sure to check them out and go give them a like on social media. All right? There you have it, my friends. Another episode of Talking Mopars is in the books. For more information about this podcast or to listen and subscribe to the show, please visit TalkingMopars.com. And don't forget that you can send me your Mopar stories, questions, comments, complaints, suggestions, and everything else on your Mopar addicted mind to Chris at TalkingMopars.com. Or leave me a voice message on my voicemail box at 209-28-MOPAR to hear yourself on the show. Before you ride off into the sunset and put that pedal to the metal, I got to tell you about a great way to help support the show, and that's by picking up some merch in the Talking Mopars merch shop. Not only can you get some cool Talking Mopars swag, but you can also help me keep the show on the road. So if you'd like to help support the show, jump on over to TalkingMopars.com and in the menu, click on Talking Mopars merch, and that's going to take you right to the merch shop. That's it, my friends. Until we talk again, I am your host, Chris Albrecht, and that was Talking Mopar's Direct Connections. Thank you for listening to Talking Mopar's, your direct connection to all things Mopar. Until next time, remember, no Mopar left behind.